When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darling, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. We are recording live from the Darwin Waterfront, the beautiful Darwin Waterfront. Live well at the Darwin Waterfront and become a Waterfront member and live well today. We are joined by Raf and Guru, Robbie Hale, who is just fetching the coffees at the moment. But before further ado, we have a guest first up, top of the show today. He will be on very, very shortly, and that is uh, the Gold Coast Suns' Jed Anderson. Before we get Jed on, Raf, how was your week? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, it's a nice, good start this morning to be down here instead of looking at the walls, um, uh, you know, rain and horn. It's uh, definitely a better view, that's for sure. I could, I um, could get used to it. Yeah, that's it. Um, just hopefully the rain stays away because, yeah, it's a picturesque waterfront. Um, awesome to be down here first thing in the morning, mate, and what's in the sun come up over the, over the waters. Uh, great view. Raf, how was your week? I hear that uh, the Jabiru Football Club, a club that you're very familiar with, are celebrating a special milestone. Yeah, mate, uh, it's, it's been a good week. We had another good win, but um, this, this Saturday, tomorrow night, the Jabiru Bombers are celebrating their 40th year anniversary. Um, so looking forward to going that. Um, my oldest brother, Andrew, and also the youngest brother played a, a few seasons there. Um, mm. And the, the Linda family are synonymous with that group. Um, Plenty of legends come out there. I think Richard Tambling's running around for him at the moment um, when he can, when the body le- allows him to. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's going to be an awesome night. It's Sunday night. So looking forward to catching up with all the Jabberoo faithfuls and, and the, the number of people who've played through there over the years. So, yeah, looking forward to that one, mate. Plenty of terrific footballers in the Jabberoo Football Club's history. You're right. You mentioned the Lindner family. Gary Lindner, a champion of the football the club and a champion himself. of the old TIFA competition, yep. the NTFA. Hey, we did talk about how we have the new Gold Coast Suns recruit, the Territory's own, Jed Anderson. Jed, do we have you on the line? Yes, got you, Jacko. How you going? Very good. Thanks, brother. Thanks for doing this, getting up early. Uh, We hear that you have a training session that you have to go to, so we won't take too much of your time. But firstly, how's the body feeling? Uh, Body feeling really good. Um, Yeah, put in a a power of work over the last sort of 10 weeks to get myself into a position where I'm uh, fit and ready to go in the next few weeks and in the practice game. Jed, were you confident that you'd get another opportunity at AFL level? It was kind of like the elephant in the room at uh, Darwin Buffalo's training because you were training the house down. You were really setting the standard with your professionalism and certainly training like a guy preparing for another AFL preseason. But then I was hearing rumours that, hey, Jed's a couple of weeks away from playing with the Darwin Buffaloes and, and things like that. So there was a little bit of confusion going on. Were you always confident that you would get that opportunity? Uh, the confidence was there. I was going to get another opportunity. Um, but I guess... As the AFL world goes, anything can happen um, with what, what the club wants and, and needs. But um, there was all that fire in the belly that I'd get another run at it and um, I'd put my best foot forward and, and stay in fit. And um, around Buffaloes was probably the best thing for me. It kept me in a good mindset. Um, and if it didn't eventuate, I'd be happy to play with them and, and see the season out. But um, yeah, Gold Coast came along and, and picked me up, which I was uh, wrapped with. 
What are your ambitions uh, for the 2023 season and moving forward? Have you spoken much to Stewie Jew about a potential role that you will play? Obviously, the Suns have a lot of young midfielders that they have already invested high draft picks into and they'll put plenty of time in. Do you expect to force your way into that best 22? Absolutely, I'll force my way into the, into the best 22. But at the moment, I want to get my body right and um, play a role with uh, the younger midfielders coming through and, and um, obviously being a, having a fair bit of experience I'm going to be able to just, just learning and, and teaching them a few tricks of, of how I'll base my footy around. And um, when I get the call off from Dewey, I'll be, be wrapped and excited and ready to go. What's the energy like at the Suns at the moment? Is there a bit of that internal expectation that it's go time now and, and it's ready for the club to make its first finals berth? I think that ambition's there at the end of the year to, to get to September as we seen last year we we played some good footy and um, played some exciting brand of footy but um, I think that end goal is, is there and um, how we eventuate over the season um, we'd love to be playing in, in September and um, not just make up the numbers must be very excited playing alongside all the other territory boys I know uh, you know, Darwin's a small community and you've probably grown up with a few of the boys, Benny Long and all that. Mally Roses, a Darwin Buffaloes player like yourself. Must be a very exciting going to training and seeing all those Territory faces. Yeah, it is. And um, I sort of love the connection we have with, with the Territory and um, there's a fair few of us here now and, um, yeah, we're really close and, and all of them are training the house down. So hopefully we can all play in a game together, um, which will be really exciting. And, um, yeah, just to have them around, and it just makes it feel like feel like home and a, and a local footy club so it's um, yeah, unbelievable to have those guys here and, and it makes it fun and enjoyable Yeah Jed Ruff here mate um, how are you brother um, yeah, probably, the question I've got for you is um, you probably definitely want to make sure you, you're in the side come to those two territory games because I see how excited you was mate to actually play for the North against the Suns up here last year and to have all the family in the crowd and you know looking back on something I would have loved to have done is have, have been able to have that opportunity so I'm guessing that'll be something you'll definitely be pushing for mate this year yeah definitely and um, that'll be there the main goal is to get my body in, in form right by those those two games up there and to play one of them will be really exciting and another um, you know, sort of good chapter in my career to um, go up there and play in front of family and friends again and um, get a win this time will be, be really good. Yeah, that, that's it, mate. Walk off with a win. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> yeah, Jed, Robbie here. Uh, hi. Uh, do you have any coaching aspirations uh, in the future? I did see you in the coaching box there for the Buffs for that uh, in October there. Um, yeah, a little bit. Obviously, I've got my two young boys coming through and um, would love to coach them one day. But um, I guess being, being around the footy club and, and mentoring a few of the, the young midfielders coming through, there's that ambition to to one day step in that, that career pathway. But at the moment, just focusing on footy and, and just learning off the other coaches here um, and sort of taking some notice off them as my, my career is sort of um, coming to an end in the next few years. Jed, sorry to put you on the spot like this, but has there been anyone particularly at the Suns that has surprised you? Maybe someone that, while you were at North Melbourne, you didn't know they had a particular skill set or you didn't know they were as fit as you thought they were. Has there been any player uh, that has surprised you at the Suns? Um, just to see uh, Tweek Miller and, um, I guess, even Semi Salanders. Um, just the amount of work they've put in over the off-season and, and how structured and, and diligent they are. Um, and the intensity they perform out there on the field is um, yeah, really exciting to see and... Um, just the ruthlessness of two, um, that training and, and off-field is, is unbelievable and didn't really notice it until, until now and the amount of work he's put in over the last few years to, to play unbelievable footy is yeah, really exciting to see. 
And last one from us, Jed, and a bit of a light-hearted one. Hey, I was down running water uh, for the Darwin Buffaloes under 10s last year, and I tell you what, your two sons can play the game. They can play football. I reckon North Melbourne will be kicking themselves in 8 to 10 years' time, missing out on potential father-son prospects. But as a father, you must take great joy in watching your sons play footy. Yeah, I love watching them play footy or any sport they're playing in. Um, I guess I don't have too much input in what they do at the moment, but... Um yeah, just let them go and play and, and have some fun. And yeah, it's exciting to see that the skill set that they do have and how they perform is um, yeah really exciting. And um, can't wait to one day coach them and maybe have a run around with them when they're sort of 15 to 18 up and down. It'll be nice. Now, exciting times, mate. You've also got a young Mitch Robinson Jr. down there, uh, Chance, playing in the under-10s as well. So it's a bit of a star-studded under-10s Buffaloes team. Hey, Jed, thanks very much for your time. Uh, you better get back into training. Stewie Jew's given us the message. So good luck with it. <laughs> Cheers, Jed. No worries. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Raph, Robbie Cheers. and Jacko. Thank you. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Remember to download the SEN app. We were just speaking to Gold Coast Suns recruit Jed Anderson and he gave us some insights about what it was like at his new club. But it is now time to get into some local footy and we are going to start with the NTFL good, bad and ugly. Robbie, do you want to go start with your good? Yeah, the good. With the whiz, Kieran Parnell. I think he's the second most important player for St. Mary's Premiership chances behind Dillant. Jaden Magro has been in terrific form this season and again the Wiz put a spell on him in a big game, restricting him to a point and five disposals while helping himself to 12 touches. He's the best defensive player in the top end and may also be the matchup and uh, matchup for Luke Smith come finals time. While most of us check under the bed for the boogeyman, Jaden Magro and Luke Smith will be checking under the bed for the Wiz. Oh, oh I like that. Do you like that one, Raph? That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Do you agree with it, Raph? Obviously, the crowds are starting to rock up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting excited. Hey, Raph, let's talk about that for a little bit. I think we have spoken multiple times on this show that we're a little bit devoid of uh, defensive players up in the Territory, and Parnell is as good as they come up here. Yeah, definitely. And he's not your typical lockdown um you know, Tiger that you see in AFL because he can play multiple positions and he normally starts off that half-back flank and to, to be a sopper off half-back flank and yeah, he and even in late when the pressure was right up in that game and it was the one one kick in it, he, he was as cool as ice um, mm. and just the way he took a couple of those marks and just, he knew he had to take the time out of the clock and just iced it sort of just beautifully and yeah, that, that just makes me want to get back out there and play and run around with the Wiz because I, I missed a lot of footy with his being injured when I was back here. So, nah, it was a sensational game by the Wiz. Another thing about Parnell that we need to make mention is I believe he has had two ACL reconstructions yeah, exactly. and a lot of blokes don't come back from that, especially yeah, in local it. football. So, awesome stuff there by the Wiz. Hey, I'm interested, Robbie, because Jaden Magro, last time you put the heat on him saying that he needs to do a little bit more against good teams, I think he kicked four against Nycliffe, kicked seven against Southern mm. District. So... Uh, maybe he'll be listening to this or word will get back that we've put it on him again and he'll come out with a big bag against St Mary's next time they play. I think uh, he's, he might have to for Waratahs' chances. Yeah, well, Darcy Hope kicks seven and on Matty Green, which is a massive effort, but I don't think he's doing that again. Mm. And if I'm the St Mary's backline, I'm backing in Wiz to beat Magro and then trying to have a bloke peel back onto Hope on next that, game. 
note, let's talk about the bad. The bad has to be Waratahs. Mm. To name such a strong lineup, I was confident they'd get the chocolates. The first quarter was dominant from the Warriors. Darcy Hope was everywhere and kicked his seven. Dill Collis and uh, Ed Morris were getting their hands on it. It seemed Tars would win comfortably, but once Saints turned it into pressure, chaos football, the Tars crumbled. Morris going back on Dill Lant when he was resting four might not be an option they can do in finals. Lant kicked three in a matter of minutes. I was surprised how fumbly they were with the ground balls in a similar fashion to last year's grand final. Even at AFL level, the ball is constantly on the ground. No worry, Waratahs need a two clean to perform, and Saints and Crocs will not afford them that luxury like the bottom six sides have this season. Tars are the third best side in the comp right now, and Coach Ryan Ayers needs to go to the drawing board as they'll face a stronger St. Mary's lineup in two weeks' time. After that season they've had so far, making the grand final is a must in my eyes, and it starts next week. I think that this is something we will delve into more when we review the game, but I was a little disappointed in Waratah as well. I expected them to be your bad this week. Uh, it seemed set up for a Waratah victory mm. last weekend. They named a very strong team, and it's almost... You don't want to say that if they couldn't beat Saints then, they'll never beat them or anything like mm. that, but there's almost those vibes they're giving off because Saints only lift in the finals. Their team will get better. Um, you know, for some reason, finals football seems a little bit faster and slipperier and all mm. that sort of stuff, which will play into Saints' hands. And yeah. I think there's definitely some alarm bells, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. And you've hit the nail on the head again, the guru. Um, the Waratahs, the first quarter, um, I, I thought Saints were going to be in for a long day like mm. they were in round one and until they turned into a scrap and, and made them that pressure to step upper level, Waratahs almost look like they have to have perfect footy to win a game against St. Mary's and and like you said, St. Mary's and Southern Districts aren't going to allow that in the coming weeks Um, yeah, and if it rains, it it makes it even harder for them so yeah, like I said, I was was definitely hitting worry worry buttons in that first quarter time and then Mm -hmm. when I seen the Saints respond um, yeah, I was was very happy to see the boys and the way they bounced back and like you said, Dillant being able to go forward and kick three within a matter of minutes, um, that's something that I didn't see coming and Fowler mm. to go on the ball and do what he did. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. We will get into your ugly, Robert, after a quick break. This is SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Hon Darwin. We will love your listing. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Hon Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Recording live here at the beautiful Darwin Waterfront. Live well at the Darwin Waterfront and become a Waterfront member today. Also, a big thanks to the Middle Beach Casino, the sports bar. Make any day a sports day. Gamble responsibly, please, 1800 858 858 if any issues in that front. Hey, we are talking about the NTFL, good, bad and ugly. We've gone through your good which was Kieran the Wiz Parnell, and the bad, which was Waratah's performance. But it is now time for the ugly. It's now time for Good, Bad and Ugly on Fridays in the Top End. Yeah, the ugly has to be the crowd numbers. Where is everyone? Tars vs Saints was billed as, the ga- billed as the game of the year to some, and there was about 300 people there if that. And then once the Prem's reserves left at halftime to prep for their game, which was on at the same time over at Oval 2, there went another 60 spectators. Eagles versus Darwin, two of the biggest supported clubs in the league. There looked to be more people on the ground than in the crowd. Is it scheduling, pricing, the ability to stay home and watch the live stream? I just hope 10 days out from finals that crowds show up. Christmas is done, people. Let's get down there. Bang. I don't know about the... So I think the scheduling is 
somewhat of an issue. Mm, uh, I think I it do. could improve in that regard. But they have made inroads this year, I believe, slight inroads at least, um, with at least their planning at the start of the season. I know they, they have tried to combat the crowd issue. But I reckon the big one surely has to be how accessible the football is now. Like, mm. we know ourselves, there's been plenty of times where we've been considering going to the footy and then it's been like, ah, you know what, just come around and watch the live stream. Yep. Um, I know it's obviously it's not the not the... Warm. It's not the coldest place, Darwin. It's pretty hot. It's hot here at the Darwin waterfront too. I tell you that much. But um, yeah, I reckon it's the fact that how accessible it is. How you can just stay home, you know, with a, with your mates and watch it on the live stream. You don't, you don't think there's something with the women's Premier League men in the middle? Uh, well, that comes into the scheduling a little bit. But I, I, is that how it is always? Or they stopped the? Yeah, I, I think I, so. I, I was surprised in the numbers myself because definitely the Saints and Waratah women were the matches around as well. So they mm. were playing for a second position. In, on the ladder as well, so you, you thought there would have been more for that crowd in itself, um, yeah. in terms of other women, um, and and then you know it just fell away from there. So I guess we were lucky in the Div Two that we played at ten o'clock in the morning, like we always do, so we were able to watch both games. Um, so well, yeah. yeah, but definitely the, the live stream maybe has to be delayed a couple of hours, or I don't know, especially come finals yeah. time. Yeah, I know you should be live to southern viewers, but yeah, you know, the top-end viewers maybe have to get a delayed... I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm not we're going to fix that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'm not great with technology, but if there was a way that you could delay it for anyone based in the Territory, yeah. uh, or in Darwin, and then have it live to everyone else, that could be a happy medium. Rob, I honestly think that it's just the culture of live sport changing. I remember back when I was a young fella, you'd go to the footy and watch the triple header, and you'd go and stay there from 2.30 till when the last game ended at 10, and you'd love it, and all, the, you know, all your teammates from the under-12s would be there, and you'd be kicking around at half time and that sort of stuff even that seems to have dropped off you're seeing less kids on the oval kicking the ball and less of a family outing and more like get in and get out type stuff yeah I I do think it's significant with having the women in the middle because what's happened is the Premier League reserves blokes wait around but if they're playing the first part then they don't they don't wait around for six hours and so they shouldn't Mm. that's a big issue plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. As we have been mentioning, we are here at the beautiful Darwin Waterfront and we are now joined by Yasmin Welsh from the Darwin Waterfront. Yasmin, how's your morning been? Yeah, really good, thanks. How are you guys? Not too good, bad. Good. It is It is a little hot here. It is a little hot because the rain and on a office is very, very cold normally. So I've worn my thick shirt and it's, <laughs> it's sweat and it's choice. turning a darker shade of blue. Yeah, I might have to wear the singlet next time. But beautiful weather, plenty happening at the Darwin Waterfront. Hey, I'm hearing a lot about the fitness classes on offer. Can you tell us more about those? Yeah, so throughout um, February and March, we're running a variety of aqua-based fitness classes um, in our Wave Lagoon. So um, a whole variety of classes for different people. So um, aqua Splash, Aqua Fitness, um, Senior Aqua, Parents and Bub classes, um, any class you can basically think of that you can do in water, we're doing it. Um, 
free for waterfront members or eight dollars for non-members um yeah come down get around it so if you were one of those people who on your new year's resolution had fitness at the top of the agenda and it's been a late start because january can be a tricky month to get into it i would recommend coming down to the darn waterfront and participating in all of the awesome activities they've got going on hey some of the facilities here are great i the Wave Lagoon is one of the best spots in Darwin, if not the best place to go to escape the heat. But you've got the basketball court, you've got table tennis. What else? What am I missing? Yeah, so we've actually also got um, spin bikes now. Mm -hmm. So we've got outdoor spin bikes near the convention centre, which are completely free to use, which are pretty fun if you're looking to get a few more uh, Ks in your day. Um, and then, yeah, as you've mentioned, basketball court, uh, table tennis tables, swimming. Um, we've also got outdoor volleyball. There's actually some people playing there this morning. Well, there mm -hmm. was earlier. Um, yeah, and aqua park is always good to get the heart rate going as well. And it's always a family-friendly atmosphere, plenty of kids uh, around. Yeah, definitely. Like, pride ourselves on being a safe place to exercise mm. as well. Like, we're well lit, good place to go for an early morning jog when it's that little bit darker. It's picturesque too. Like there's no better place, Robbie, when you're doing your fitness rather than being on a treadmill or something like that and staring at a wall. Imagine going down to the Darwin waterfront where you've got just so much going on. See a beautiful sunset, beautiful sunrise. It's a, it's a great place, isn't it, Rob? No, it definitely is. And it's a new development that's come through, hasn't it? And uh, the tourist season as well coming up. Uh, when will be the peak periods now coming into the tourist season? Yeah, look, um, we're relatively busy all year round, yeah. um, being the premier lifestyle destination, but um, during the dry season, we're like jam-packed, full mm. of events. Um, we've pretty much got something planned every single weekend from May onwards. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out our website, head to the Waterfront website to see all the events coming up. So you did mention before, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but it is free for Waterfront members? That's correct, yeah. Yep. So um, Waterfront membership is a great way um, to be part of the Waterfront. It's $50 for an adult for the whole year. That gives you access to the Wave Lagoon all year round, an extra hour of free parking plus discounts at most of the restaurants down here as well. Cool. And how do we sign up to become a member and where do we find out more information about the Darwin Waterfront? Yeah, just head to the Waterfront website, so mm -hmm. waterfront.nt.gov.au and you can find all the details about membership and events there. Thanks very much for your time, Yasmin. Thank you, Thanks guys. Yasmin. Have a good day. Yep, have a good one. Hey, Robbie, there is plenty of NTFL that we need to discuss. The NTFL ladder has Southern Districts on top, and it's, it's shaped now, the ladder. Yeah, so we have Districts uh, on top at 50 points, Waratah on 44, St Mary's on 40, Nycliffe on 36, Darwin Buffaloes round out the finals in on 30 points. Pint will miss out. They've got the bye this weekend, so their season is finished, and we will talk about their review. We will yep. review the Green Ants later on in the show. And then Palmerston, Wanderers, and Tiwi Bombers round out the bottom three. Is there any difference from that ladder to your NTFL power rankings? Oh, not not massively, Jacko. Look, I've got, I probably do have now St Mary's better than Waratahs, which is you know two v three, but they get a chance next week to rectify that Waratahs, and I might have Buffaloes, uh, might have Pints above Buffaloes, but it doesn't matter. Pints mm. lost some games they should have won, so Buffaloes deserve their final spot. And Palmy and Wanderers, if you're nitpicking, I'd probably have Wanderers a bit better than Palmy now. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but. Mm. I don't know. It's, it depends doesn't on the really week, matter. doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. So we've got, we got a locked-in final system, so I'm mm. pretty excited to see that. Clarky. That's it. So one thing we're going to talk about, because like I like to be honest, I don't want to build up a round. Last week I said that there was four fantastic games, and you criticised mm -hmm. me saying there was only the one, St Mary's Waratah. Well, I'd love to see what you have to say about this week, given there's pretty much four <laughs> dead rubbers and a very one-sided round. But what we will talk about, not just yet, but later in the show, the thing that's interesting me the most might be the race for the Dennis Dunn Trophy between Jade and Matt.
Magro yep. and Jackson Corder. So we will talk about that and we're going to give our predictions about who we think is going to take that out. But let's get into the NTFL Top and 10. It's now time for the NTFL Top End 10 with Jackson Clark and Rob Hale. So we won't spend a whole lot of time no, because there hasn't been many changes to our Top End 10. Uh, the top five. So we normally start from the bottom, but yep. I think the bottom's where any of the interest lies this week. So we've got Dylan Lant, number one, Brody Philo, number two, Luke Smith, number three, Stephen Motlop, number four, and Jaden Magro, number five. Yep. Before we move on, there's only one round left. Can you see any changes to that top five? What's going to have to happen for there to be a change? Maybe Magro gets hold goalless again or something like that? Yeah, which I don't think is going to happen. No, I don't but, think it's um, yeah, I think the top five is pretty locked, especially with who's there on the outside. Um, obviously, only two of the five played, um, and Magro could have slipped out a bit more, but his season's been great, yeah. so it's really hard. And Motlop probably could have went up, but he didn't play as well as, as he had his um, cousin's wedding. But And Dill Lance solidified that number yeah, one spot, Lance didn't he? If he doesn't, anywhere. he's really got to win the Nichols medal yeah, now. Like, jeez. Definitely. So you too. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think Mr. Number there. 2, Brody Philo, he mm. has attracted votes in the past. And yep. I think Lant has had a better season than Philo. Mm. But, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Philo yeah, polls really well on the night. Philo's had best on grounds in most of their wins. So mm. that's, you know, it's going to have some effect, I believe. Well, he won't get three last week because he didn't play. So we'll have to <laughs> talk three about three that. three on the Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it matters most. But <laughs> let's go. Number 6. So number 6, we have Ryan Nyhouse. Yep. Uh, so he's been, yeah, ever consistent. Um, had a good game on the weekend, but they didn't put him in the best. But he had 20-odd touches at halfback. Seven, Matty Dennis, heard yep. the bye. So he enjoyed a week off for the big fella. Number eight, Tommy Schott, mm-hmm. um, one of the players we'll talk about later. And number nine, Nate Paredes, who's just consistent as ever. Real captain's game on the weekend again. And a new entrant, number 10. New entrant, Jared Stokes, number 10. So... About time. I think that's the first time he's been in the top 10 this yeah. year for us. Which he had the suspension, didn't he, at the start of the year? Yeah. He started slow a little bit as well. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, he's yeah. a player that when you do these top-end lists or these top lists for the NTFL, I think every year that I've done it, Jared's been up in the top five or top 10. He's been very, very close. Mm. I know in my Christmas list, half the way through the season, I had him at 11, so certainly not disputing mm. that he had a bit of a slow start to the season. But... I think the list looks more complete with Jared Stokes in there. I think, I I think he fits the bill. You know, I agree. I think he's the second most important, well, second best player on his day in that list mm-hmm. behind Stephen Motlop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but he just that consistency sort of has been up and down a bit this year and then he's been injured and then he didn't start the year. So, But he's, yeah, definitely a top 10 player. A real barometer for Buffaloes too. Mm. Like a, a fit and firing Jared Stokes makes their finals chances so much better. Yep, Definitely. Tommy Schott is an interesting one. Obviously, we'll talk about him a little later when we preview Pint, but saw him limping around uh, on Sunday night with a sore hamstring. So had of Pints had made the finals, I mm. think he would have been unavailable. So. Yeah, so and on the outer of on that, we also have um, Collis, Calder, Hope, Mench. Um, there are a couple of names that are on that outer, but I don't think, unless Calder kicks a bag this week, you could probably mm. justify him coming in over Paredes perhaps, but um, I think Jared Stokes and, those, and Schott, I think Schott's had a good enough year to stay in there. How you going, Raph? Do you think he's got the list right, or is there anything that he can grill us on? More Saints? <laughs> nah, mate, I'll, 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 I'll just accept it this week. All good. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, we have plenty more to talk about. We're going to talk about the Dennis Dunn Trophy race. We're going to review all of last week's games and preview this week's games. We have the season review for Pints, and if we have time, the Tiwi Bombers. And, and mm. I get a feeling that, oh, Robbie the Guru Hale is not going to hold back here. So stay tuned here on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin for finding a place to write your next chapter.
live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Recording live here from the Darwin Waterfront. Live well and become a Waterfront member today. We just spoke about the SEN Top End 10 and we had a new entrant, so much of the list has stayed the same. We did add Jared Stokes to the list at number 10 and I got a text message from one of the other star players in the NTFL competition in Dil Collis who says, Jared Stokes is my pick for the Nichols, could win it very comfortably, my view as the best player in the comp when they win. I agree mm. with Dill, and we sort of spoke on that, that when Buffalo is up and firing, uh, Jared Stokes is normally the man getting it done for him. But yeah, I, think I think the big question will be whether the Buffs have won enough games. Yeah, my argument, like, I've what, been around 20-odd years watching NTFL Grand Finals, and I think his Grand Final in the Southern Districts mm. was the best individual Grand Final performance I've seen, probably. Yeah, it was very close to it. I think um, a bit of self-promotion, but I, I did a list like that once, and I was trying mm. to work out some other... Uh, ones you'd compare it to, but he was mm. a star. I loved uh, Junior Rioli's five goals oh, as a 17-year-old yep. yeah, um, on the spot here. Actually, a bit of an underrated one because he didn't win the Cheney medal, but was uh, Daniel Weitra's performance on Darren Ewing Darren in Ewing. the loss. Yep. Um, I think. thought you were going to say Robert Al. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh, Mr. Runner-up in the uh, in the Cheney. Yep. And um, Sean Wilson's another one who could yeah, have a couple yeah. of Cheneys dangling around his neck, but has got nothing. Um, hey, let's talk about the Dennis Dunn Trophy discussion. Yep. It is 45 goals to Jaden Magro, currently in the lead. Jackson Calder has 44 goals. Palmerston take on Waratah, which is Magro's team, and St. Mary's will take on Wanderers, which is Jackson Calder's team, of yeah. course, the Saints. What way do you think this will go? I'm sort of thinking Magro, but... Calder's got the 30 minutes, so he's going to have the last quarter to know what Magro's on if someone's going to go down and tell him. Um, But Jaden Magro, if Jaden Magro has a team that he loves to play against, it's Palmerston. Mm. He has very good form against Palmerston. And and not that Calder doesn't, but Calder's got Mitch Taylor and Newman. Mm. If they double-team him and do something like that, Wanderers don't have a whole lot to play for. Wanderers could do something like that if they cared enough, and that yeah. could make really hard day for Calder. Is yeah. Aaron Motlop going to do an Alistair Clarkson? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards um, Magro just in, in terms of if you compare the back lines from the opposition sides. Um, mm. Wanderers, you know, mm. they, they had four of them picked in the rep side, so um, that's got to say something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, so Calder, you know, he's not going to have one good backman on him. He's going to have Mitch Taylor standing in front of him, going to have Daniel Weitra right up behind him, and, you know, even big, um, what's the, the other third? Tall, swing, swing it across, Newman taking intercepts. Yeah, there's plenty of back backmen there that stop colder. So mm. um, yeah, I think Magrove will get off, get off on a one-on-one every time and, mm. and and get buddy seven or eight goals. Mm. If you're Magro entering this game, Rob, how many goals do you think he needs to kick to be safe? I'd say seven or eight, Ooh. but I think Cord Cord kicks bags though. So, mm. but if we're going to say someone who's more deserving, Jared Mag- Jaden Magro's more deserving yeah. of the medal this year, just because also he had the Tiwi game. Mm. This probably couldn't be a discussion right now because he probably would have kicked five, six, seven against Tiwi when Tiwi forfeited. So, it, it's a discussion now because of that forfeit. I'm afraid. 
So I made a bit of a joke about Aaron Motlop. Is he going to do the Clarks? And that, of course, is in reference to in the 2008 season, the Brennan Favola versus Buddy Franklin game where Buddy had kicked his 100th and Favola needed, I think it was eight or nine goals, eight goals to get his 100 as well. And then you had old Mr. Party Pooper Clarkson put Jared Roughhead as a spare in defence uh, while he already had a pretty good opponent on him. I forget who it was on him. But you're right. Um, I think if I was Aaron Motlop and you wanted to spoil the party and be ultra competitive, you could flood a couple of blokes back on court and knowing that that might be where the focus comes uh, at some point during the game. So mm. be really interesting. I suppose another example of uh, feeding a player was when Palmerston was playing the struggling Waratah back in 2004 and Peter Shepard booted 20 goals, 14. So that's 34 disposals just in scoring mm. shots uh, against White Warriors. Um, and he beat Wanderers as Brad Nordhausen that season, like 20 goals, 14. I think Norm Hagen would have been watching and getting very nervous yeah, that his record was, was, yeah. um, was, was going to get taken away from him. So the, your tip, uh, Raf, is that Magro will take it out? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Magro just by going on the opposition back line. Mm. That's a valid one. Yeah, I'm, the same. I'm the same, yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with Calder just for a bit of point of difference here. I think uh, Magro is definitely going to kick a few against Palmerston, mm. um, especially if it's a similar result to how, how Palmerston went against St Mary's a fortnight ago. If Waratahs can really get a hold of them, um, I think they'll direct a lot of the ball through Magro, and he's a very good kick for goal. He's had an excellent season, and he deserves to win it. Mm. But I just get the feeling if Saints are well on top of Wanderers, that aspect of having their game finished later and knowing what, what Calder has to chase could be really interesting. So if they enter the last quarter and Calder, say, only needs two or three goals to catch Magro, don't be surprised if we see Dylan Lant and Nate Paredes do a couple of little chips, you know, yeah, right yeah, over the chest be. of course. Dylan Lant might. I'd, I'd like to see Nate pass one off. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really handball it. Yeah. He doesn't really hand, uh, kick it. So <laughs> that is the battle within the battle. I can't wait for that over the weekend. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Robert, something that I am really looking forward to is your season review of the clubs. And we will do this every yep. week in the lead up to the finals. And, and of course, during the finals when these teams get eliminated. We're going to start with the newcomers, Pint, the Green Ants. They had the first season in the competition this season. What is your take on their season? Yeah, so I've gone, I've structured this. Uh, we'll just start straight off the top is prediction. I think I did have them finishing last this year. Yep. Um, they'll finish six unless Palmy upset Waratahs this week. I think there are a lot of unknowns for them for this season. We didn't expect them to recruit so well, to be honest. So mm. for the goalpost, for me, the goalpost changed at round five or six, and I had them the, at the fifth best side at that point. So I'm factoring that in also. They were two points out of the, um, of the, of the top five as early as round three and couldn't capture that top five spot when it mattered um, against good opposition. So The loss to Tiwi really hurt them. I know yep. we've harped on that for a couple of weeks now, but I, you can't be a finals team and drop games like that. Yeah, so what worked Not the from, loss to draw, sorry. Yeah, what Don't worked the from was their cons- consistency and workmanlike efforts. Pints lost nine games. This is the massive stat. Pints lost nine games by an average losing margin of 18 points. Their oh, wow. biggest loss was a 34-point loss to Southern Districts uh, two weeks ago. So, so they're they, in the game every week, pretty much. Very, Yeah, very consistent. Yeah, I think that's something we spoke about at the start of the, the season, that you know, you're always going to get a consistent um, performance by um, Pints, and, and that's what they bring, the workmanlike. Mm. Um, so stay going recruit a couple of game changer X-Factor players that can, you know, seal the deal and kick them those winning scores when it's, you know, that 18 points margin. Um, they're going to be a worry for a lot of teams come next year if they recruit those couple of X-Factors. Yeah, that, that brings me on to what didn't work. The lack of pace and consistency. Um, a consistent big forward up there, like Kyle Winter Irving, um, 
we needed some help. Shannon Motlop should throw the kitchen sink at his brother, Stephen. Mm. If Stephen goes there, Pints play finals, maybe even finish top three, um, in my opinion. And breakout stars for mine, I'm steal this one from Jacko, but Damian McMahon's my favourite. Tommy Schott, Elliot Chalmers have both played us NFL footy. Braden Taylor's a young fellow that's um, hard at it. Patrick Doyle and Bro- uh, Brock Carter are some that also caught my eye. And Quicksilver Yusuf, um, Yusuf was good in patches. Yeah, I think I agree with all those players. Um, let's go back to Paddy Doyle, a personal mm. favourite of ours, a loyal listener to the show. I think he his journey has been understated somewhat. He played a lot of Division Two footy, I think, at the Spartans, mm, played yep. a lot of reserves at Nycliffe. Big and Yeah, never really was one that was considered a Premier League player up here. I know when Pints come in, if they said, look, we've got Paddy Doyle to hold down the key spot in defence, um, you know, like it wasn't something that you'd be concerned about because players can improve and adapt, but it was a question mark coming into the season. Paddy Doyle is in the top echelon of key defenders up in the comp now, I reckon. Mm. He's a very good player. He's someone who you can be confident with no matter what opponent he goes to. Yeah, definitely for mine. Um, yeah, and he was a bit stiff. I'm missing out on the rep side as well, but did make that squad. Uh, the highest point for me was beating St. Mary's at their home ground mm. at the Ant Hill. It's a fortress um, there. It's a fortress. There was a significant rivalry brewing stemming from the social media video. There's only one green and gold. I think Raph yeah. featured in that one a bit. Um, that was that <laughs> St. Mary's. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Raph edited it. Um, that St. Mary's <laughs> put up on Facebook. So I was at that game, and it was as hostile as a St. Mary's versus Buffs game that day was. Um, you were there as well, eh, Raf? Yeah, I was there, mate, and mm. uh, that was um, yeah disappointing to see Saints um, lose that game. But yeah, when I seen that happen, I was like, geez, they, they put the rest of the team, uh, the rest of the comp on notice here mm. by winning this game, and like we said, turn that into a fortress. And yeah, I mentioned it not not long before, but yeah, it's a bit bit of a worry for the rest of the sides if they keep it improving and they turn that to a real fortress like mm. the Southern Districts do out there and, and Waratahs do at Gardens Oval, then Pines are definitely always going to be playing finals footy in the future. What a statement coming out and smacking Saints in that game, given the social media background, you know, the one green and gold situation. That's going to be a rivalry to watch over the coming years, I reckon. Yeah, Saints took a few, fair few kids into that um, game as well, and I think they might be a bit cautious next time doing that against mm. a physical pint side. The lowest point for me, obviously, was losing six out of eight premiership points to Tiwi. Mm. This cost uh, Pints a spot in the finals, considering that no other side lost or drew with the Bombers this season. Um, also, there were also several close games that they should have um, probably won, um, and the one that oh, comes to mind is the game against Southern Districts, where Districts were down to two players on the bench five minutes in the second quarter and um, they were unable to you know get that win and uh, Southern Districts didn't have Dennis and Carter was very dominant in the ruck and you know that was one also that they probably uh, rue uh, for next season. What do you put that down to those games against Tiwi and to a lesser extent Southern Districts do you think it's a structural thing and they simply lack pace or do they don't know how to win? Yeah I think I think Tiwi's more of a pace I think Southern Districts I think there was a lot of stats um, speaking to some points people that they dominate inside 50 mm. and unable to convert inside 50 so that Maybe could be something that we mentioned as well. Yeah. Yep. Do, you, do you think as a team like yeah they've probably never had to play against a side like Tiwi Bombers before as well so yeah. that's probably yeah, very much one. so well, yeah, yeah even when Tiwi yeah even when Tiwi did come into the comp, it took everyone a while to work them to out work a bit, out, didn't yeah, it? How yeah, how to play them, so yeah. It's um, in fairness, a little bit too to Pints, it probably was Tiwi's strongest side of the year, almost both those games. Uh, they did have a strong team. Well, you're shaking your head. Yeah, Voice yeah. your opinion, Rob, don't. We, no. Viewers at home can't see you shaking your head. I just thought with the Rioli <laughs> the guys boys. The yeah, yeah not, not, not the one at home. That was an excusable draw in that game. I expected them to lose over on the islands, but... Um, 
I'll go, I'll go to where to next, though. Depends on the recruits um, they have, but I have them finishing fifth next year. Stephen Motlop and some uh, local pace would be some really good starting points for next season. Maintaining mm-hmm. those core cool recruits that they've had this year is vital. There's also need for a big gun forward, like I mentioned. Maybe keeping getting Jake Dawson on the cards. His mate, Braden Crosley, could be a player they could approach. My season rating is 7 out of 10 for the Pints, and Shannon Motlop coached Pint Green Ants. Raf, where would you rank them out of 10? Yeah, about that uh, six or seven mark. Um, obviously, the consistency is one we spoke about and we keep mentioning, um, and they're always going to bring the workmanlike effort. Mm. Um, yeah, like we said, uh, they, they top up those two or three recruits. They're, they're definitely a top three side, top four side. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to give them an eight out of ten, given that we both said we wouldn't have been surprised if they didn't win a game all season, but they won many of them and they'll win many more in the preceding years. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rand and Horn Darwin. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Hey, we are recording live here at the beautiful Darwin waterfront. Live well and become a member today. I don't see why you wouldn't become a member here. It's the most picturesque spot in Darwin, I reckon. It's been a beautiful, albeit quite hot morning. Definitely starting to sweat through this T-shirt here, Uh, Rob. Don't know about you, Raf, but it's a beautiful place. So get down to the Darwin waterfront. Hey, we just spoke about the Pint Football Club and reviewed their season. Um, 7 out of 10, you gave them. Raph was slightly more harsh at a 6 or a 7 out of 10. I've gone with the 8, given that uh, we spoke here a couple of months ago and we all predicted that they'd get smashed a few times. What was their biggest loss for the season? Probably only about 30 or 40 yeah, points. Yeah, I, I, just, I just thought the goalposts change a bit for yeah, them. Yeah, we, we can't really start. change the goalposts, can we? Well, who would have predicted Southern Districts to be on top at the start of the year? I predicted them to make top three. So the goalposts change in an aspect now where we think Districts should make the grand final. That's the aspect I think I was going with. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough then. Um, Let's get into the Tiwi Bombers review. It's right. been an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, pr- the prediction, I had them finishing eighth this season. With the return of Brenton Toy and the recruits they were mm. able to get, the hopes are high at the Bombers. Um, Shannon Rioli going to the Bombers, Ben Rioli. It seemed the right people were in place to help support the leaders at the football club. I can say it's been a, it's, I can say it's been a great year for the Bombers who um, hasn't been a great year, sorry, and it's now their third consecutive wooden spoon. Mm, very interesting predicament I think the Bombers are in. I really hope uh, that they remain in the competition, um, but they are a long, long, long way away from the old, we mentioned it last week, the Globetrotters of what yeah. they were from around about 2008 or you know when they entered the competition to probably as recently as 2018-19 or the year they made that preliminary final um, when they got smacked by districts. They had some patches there where they looked very good. They weren't quite the 11-12 TV Bombers, but they showed glimpses where... These days, um, yeah, you don't see much of that, Raf. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, a couple of good recruits like Rob mentioned, and um, you know, yeah, I think um, Shannon and Ben um, only played a couple of games in that itself. So whether that um, gets you, you know, the, the, the TV people excited, but then nothing really comes of it. Um, mm. You know, yeah, but um, 
I'd like to see him stay in the comp, but there's got to be a better way to, you know, make him more competitive um, to whether, and that's a hard thing. And, and I, feel, I feel for Brenton Toy in that mm. regards to, you know, trying to recruit players outside the Tiwi. Mm. Um, and then you have the Tiwi people when you play home games, not agree with it and want to fight your own coach and all that sort of stuff. So that doesn't help you um, go forward yeah. in any way yeah. whatsoever. So it would be one of the hardest clubs in Australia to coach. Yeah, definitely. And um, I take my hat off for Brenton and, and the guys and also the president there, um, uh, I've just gone blank, um, but I'll... Dean he, Rowley? Yeah. No, not, not Dean. It's, um, <laughs> it'll come to me shortly. Yeah. You can blame Dean. Yeah, we'll, we'll also say Dean. But, yeah, it's, it, it's one of be the hardest jobs um, going around. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it, the, everyone's got to be on mm. the same page, and that's that's the first first and foremost, and that's been the hardest thing to get, I reckon. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through what worked, what didn't, and break out stars, and you guys can contribute after that. I'll say what worked was the recruits were high level but weren't consistently on the ground. When they had buy-in, um, they performed well, but it wasn't often enough. That's some good form against Pints, looking for wins against other sides who are outside of that finals needs to be um, something they aim for next season. What didn't work, lack of juniors coming through. I'm well documented. I know this stuff through their junior stuff and the home games had a number of issues um, that Raf just touched on um, I guess there's a, a oh geez there's so many things we could probably mention all the information we got around the forfeit and I think I still think it was a disappointing outcome with the information I've heard I would have played the game in my opinion breakout stars uh, Tristan Singlipo started the season very good um, but dropped off and I like the look at John Tip- uh, John Tipulura and Stanley Tipulura um, as future leaders of the side um, Kim Cantilla is a star but he's moved Adelaide to further his football had an effect on the Bombers before Christmas yeah hard to argue with that I really liked the season that uh, Brennan Cantilla had oh, I yeah, think Brennan he's Cantilla, yep, yep. had a very good season you're right Sam Darley's as good as anyone in the comp when he's playing and mm. the last two weeks he's had 38 touches and 39 touches respectively um, they have another group of sort of bit players that they've recruited in um, like Hooker and a few others and that sort of stuff have played good football over the last couple of years. But if they are going to improve as a team, it's going to be through their Tiwi players. And if yep. you look at some of the most important players, you still have like your Dion Mancaras and Paddy Heen still playing there, Roy Farmer still playing there. These are blokes that have been around for 10-plus years and there's no issue with these guys playing. But you'd love to see that next sort of core step up and, and start playing more of a role. Kim Cantilla, yep. I love that you mentioned him. Um, I think he's probably the most talented player they've got just about on yeah, the list but uh, obviously he's moved down south and it's great for him he's furthering his footy and hey there was some AFL interest last year in Cantilla so you wouldn't begrudge a guy from doing that but it's certainly not having him on the paddock every week is certainly taking away a little bit from the Bombers yeah definitely and um, their highest point would have to be their form against Pints um, Shane and Ben Rioli playing for Bombers as well was a good good point but they didn't play enough games and Sam Daly's form when he played is probably like the most informed player in the comp when he's played lowest point the forfeit for mine um, but especially the game for the uh, Morris um, Rioli Cup as well that was at their forfeit um, there were big uh, losses as well but the loss against St Mary's at the season around uh, two or three was a stinger for mine really hurt their momentum didn't it Raph yeah definitely and um, especially when you're trying to get boys and convince them you know like you know come and play um, and then and you have those type of results you you sort of get guys second guessing. Oh, is it worth you know going over the down to get a hiding and, and whatnot? So, mm. yeah, it's like like we mentioned, um, and Lindsay's the the president. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Lind. Um, you know, take your hat off to you, mate, for the effort you put in, and, and mm. your cousins and Josh Brogan and and that helping you out down there. Um, but yeah. Um, Big, big off-season for um, the Bombers is needed. So, like I said, whether they, it's recruiting outside of the Tiri or they start a pre-season early and have a big buy-in. Mm. 
Yeah, Rafa, you just touched on a bit of that, and I'll say that for next season as well. Some Sorry, of that mate. stuff does. No, 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 that, <laughs> no, that does sort of come into what I'm. What I'll say is that um, they need to find the balance of playing kids and recruits and being competitive. The club is the hardest team to coach in the whole of Australia, in my opinion, with massive, massive issues locally and the, you know the home life on the islands and the inability to train through the wet season. I can't really see them improving from ninth. If Banks come in, I do think they'll get their fourth wooden spoon, and I give them a three out of ten for the season. What's your ranking, Raf? Yeah, it's thereabouts as well, mate. Um, I won't be too much two. harsher on them, so I'll, I'll take a three. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be Mr. Boring and give him a three as well, I think. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'll give him a four. I'm, I'm positive. I think that after last year's, uh, the last couple of years, um, I think, you know, to be in a couple of games this year and to win one, draw another, I think that's a step forward. And yeah. so we'll give them a four out of ten. Hey, no not going to take too much time away, but it will be interesting to see the makeup of the competition because you did mention that uh, Banks are a chance to enter the Premier League. Yeah. And I've also heard that Cairns are making another play to enter the Premier League. Mm. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. I couldn't imagine an 11-team competition. So um, watch this space, I suppose. But plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the top end. There is a huge crowd piling watching us live here at the Darwin Waterfront. So come join the party, live well, and become a member today. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark, and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to the beautiful Darwin Waterfront. Recording live here today. Become a Waterfront member and live well today. Also, a big thanks to our sponsors, the Sports Bar at the Mindle Beach Casino Resort. Make any day a sports day, but please remember to gamble responsibly and call 1800 858 858 if any issues in that area. Hey, we are going to review... It's been a big show, by the way. We've had yeah. Jed Anderson earlier. We've reviewed Pints and Tiwi Bombers. We spoke about the Dennis Dunn Trophy race, the top end 10, the good, bad, and the ugly. Remember to listen to the app and check social media if you missed any of that. But we are now going to go and review the round 17 game. So the first game is Palmerston 12-12-84, defeated Tiwi Bombers 6-4-40, which was the Magpies' first win since round six back in early November. They did beat Districts a couple of weeks later, but of course had that game Jeez. taken off them. Uh, Eric Guthrie, I think, was sensational. 33 disposals, 28 of those kicks, uh, definitely best on ground. Ashton Hams and Josiah Farrow also played very well. Denzel Marika from Gallowinku kicked a couple of goals on debut and was named among the best players. I thought Tiwi looked really good early when I was watching on the live stream. They led for most of the first half, but the Magpies ran over the top of them. I didn't watch much of the second half, but I'm assuming it was pretty one-way traffic after that. As we said before, former AFL player Sam Darley again had the ball on a string for Tiwi and finished with 39 disposals. Uh, good to see some young talent play. 17-year-old yep. Randall Simon, the son of Thomas Simon, and 15-year-old, 15. Only the real greats like Rob Hale and Ralph Clark and debut at 15 uh, both made their <laughs> Premier <true>. League <laughs> made their Premier League debuts uh, last week. Their father, a bit of an interesting tidbit here. Their fathers, Thomas and Edward Senior, were the inaugural captains of the Tiwi Bombers back when they entered the competition. 17-year-old Billy Mankara, the son of Simon, also played. What was your take on that one? Nah, playing lots of kids. Um, just something also to, to touch on. Yeah, I think you covered it very well there, Clarky. But something to touch on also is that um, they're going to be playing the Tiwi League in the dry. Yeah. So hopefully. I'd rather that continues um, moving forward because that way they can actually get and then pick the rep side from that and bring that sort of proper rep side mm. feel to the Tiwi Bombers and a bit more respect on putting that jumper on, I yeah, feel. I was going to say, there's going to be that pride to put on the mm. Bombers jumper. It seemed like a massive privilege back back in their heyday mm. um, to play for the Bombers where, where now, I don't know, you know, they're forfeiting yeah. games and stuff like that. 
Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, I'd, I'd love to see that um, comp stay the dry season comp um, instead of being at the same time as us. Because then you get blokes, you know, once mm. the team's not going so well, they're like, oh, well, I'd, it's easier to stay home and play in my local club and, yep. and win games and have some more fun. So... Um, yeah, that'll definitely make the team a lot stronger, I reckon. And then, especially bleeding like some of the, you know, three past champions, two, two of the former uh, inaugural captains, mm. um, and I got to play both with or all three of them really. Mm. Edward Darcy, Simon Mankara. I, I played a lot of rep footy with them in our under 18s, and you know, watching them go about it. So hopefully, if their sons have got any of their father's ability, mm. they're going to go a long way and play a lot of good footy for the Terry Bombers. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of uh, those two at their best, but gee, what I did see was pretty exciting, Simon and uh, Edward. Hey, uh, I don't. this is not a leading question. I don't know anything about it, but is there any pressure for these TIFL clubs, the Tiri Island Football League clubs, to tell their players, hey, prioritise your season with us as opposed to playing for the Bombers? Do you reckon there's any of that? Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of politics around that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I just think with the wet season as well, the inability to travel, you, I think mm. Tiwi Mob, I think they're football crazy, probably the most crazy football community um, with football. Well, there's eight teams and there's 2,000 people live there. It's um, unheard of in the rest of Australia. Other play areas would fold and I think um, moving forward, I think the league in the dry season is going to have more games, more football for the Tiwi and more development because they lacked that development recently. Yeah, we do have to talk about the next three games and preview all of the Round 18 action. So there's mm. plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End, thanks to the Darwin Waterfront, recording here live. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to the beautiful Darwin Waterfront here live. Uh, live well and become a member of the Darwin Waterfront today. Plenty on offer. We spoke to Yasmin Welsh earlier about all the fantastic things going on at the Darwin Waterfront. Hey, we are reviewing last weekend's NTFL games. Nycliffe 9660 defeated Pint 8452. Jack Hammond and Aidan Robinson good for the Tigers with Jay Moody finishing with four goals. Braden Taylor and Tom Schott, best for Pints. Alex Harvey and Matt Ryan finished with three goals each for the Green Ants. They've been hitting the scoreboard regularly in recent weeks, but it is season over now for the Pints. Back on the Tigers, Peter Politis, another solid game, named among the Tigers' best players. Is he our rising star this year? Yeah, I had a look at it um, the other day, and I think, yeah, I think I'd probably give it to him. He has been dropped this year, but his form in the last few weeks has taken him, you know, with his best mate Quinn there as well. I think it's just re-energised the group a bit. Raph Tigers just going along comfortably? Yeah, mm. it's, it's one of those danger sides as well because um, of the final mm. experience they've got um, from previous years. Being the last four or five years, they've been the number one side. So, yeah, they're a danger side come come next week. Um, you know, you, you probably want them to not make finals mm-hmm. just to give yourself mm. a bit more, uh, I don't know, not safety, but, yeah, you, you don't know what you expect to come finals against Nycliffe. So it's going to be make a very interesting finals run. Darwin Buffaloes 15 17 107 defeated Wanderers 4 11 35. A confidence boosting 72 point win here by the Double Blues against a depleted Wanderers team. Uh, They're missing a handful of players due to Marlon Motlop's wedding. 
Jared Stokes was easily best on ground with 30 disposals. 30 touches from Jared Stokes is like 45 from some other players in the competition. Tommy the Prime Train, Bolch, one of our favourites on the show, also started with 30 touches and a couple of goals, while Brad Stokes had a solid game. Liam Holt-Fitz, congratulations to him on his 100th Premier League game. Also recently appointed as the coach of Eastside in the Big Rivers Football League. He booted four goals on the weekend. Robbie. Yeah, no, it's good to see Jared Stokes, Holtz, Fitz and the Prime Train get into form. Um, those three are really going to fire next week if uh, there are any chance against Nycliffe. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, you'd like to see teams have a big win before finals, but the way the Buffaloes have been travelling, it's, you know, probably should have won by, you know, or would have preferred a tougher game. And, mm. and then well, this week's the big one for Yeah, and then mm. push, at, you know, make it really work for that win because mm-hmm. um, then it gives you, gives you that real confidence going to next week. Like... You know, because they've just won so easily, the confidence, you know, they probably expect in, oh, mm. I hope they don't expect the, you know, the same sort of, um, and they do set themselves for a, a big, big um, clash this weekend and also next week. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. Like, I agree with that sentiment 100%. I think this week's the big test, but for me, the Buffaloes just needed something. They needed yeah. a win. They've yeah, had a bit back of a torrid run. Page, yeah. yeah, so thank that one. Don't. Don't write home too much yeah, about it. it yeah. And then um, and then hopefully this week, for the Buffalo's sake, that it's another big performance. That's it. St. Mary's, this was the match of the round, maybe the match of the season, Rob. St. Mary's 12-9-81 defeated Waratah 12-8-80. A win by a point. Uh, the game certainly lived up to the hype. And it was a Brandon Grenfell point after the siren, which resulted in the Saints winning. Did you think he'd get the distance when he was lining up from about 53? Yeah, I commentated the game with him shooting from around that, that range. So I was pretty confident he was going to make the distance. And, yeah, just just a really uh, – yeah, it's a tale of two games in one mm. game, wasn't it? Yeah, so. They let that slip. They led by oh. 21 points, the Warriors, at uh, quarter time. Um, yeah, it's going to hurt their confidence, I think. If they go up against St. Mary's and, you know, they're 30 points up during the second quarter, Saints will have that belief that, hey, we're still in this game and yeah. Waratah's – could go into their shell a little yeah, no, bit. And yeah, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to say too much on this, and I don't want people to read into it too much, but, geez, there were so many free kicks paid for goals. Mm. I reckon it would have been the most I've ever seen. That goes from both sides. I'm not going to nitpick each free kick, but, geez, I reckon there was 10 to 12 goals that were kicked from umpire free kicks on the weekend at 50 metres, which yeah. is something different. Luke Hilliard, Brock Lant, and Sam Fowler were also instrumental for the Saints. Is Sam Fowler in their best flying group? Yeah, I'd have to have him in there. Yeah, um, I think just, well, definitely after his performance going onto the ball and, and mixing it up to free up Dylan Lant. Um, mm. You know, I think he had a hand in all three of those goals Dylan kicked um, with it, that extreme pace he has um, out of the midfield. So, yeah, I, I'll keep him in the top three flyings. And that run off half back. Yeah. It didn't look like any Waratah player was getting Could near him. Catch him yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. so, yeah, he's, he's in there for me. The um, rat. Yeah. I'm going to say some words that you will never hear come out of Robbie Hale's mouth, and that is... I was wrong. And Darcy Hope kicking seven goals uh, against arguably the best defensive team in the comp. Of course, Nycliffe have a good record. But no one really kicked seven goals against St. Mary's. And I thought Darcy Hope was absolutely instrumental in the Waratah loss. I didn't have him in my top 25 players in the competition when I did the list uh, come Christmas, but I think if I was to do that list again tomorrow, he'd have to force his way in. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I did have a note on that as well, Clark. I think someone like a Carlin or maybe a Stokes or a Clahese comes out of your top 25 for him and Calder. Mm. Guthrie's form the last few weeks, is he's just back to carrying Palmerston, isn't he? And yeah. um, he deserves his spot in there. Um, but Probably Clahese, given we haven't seen him after yeah, Christmas. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it's very interesting also with Darcy Hope kicking seven. Chet Magborough is going to have to kick something next week for him. Plenty to come after this on SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to the Darwin Waterfront.
live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. It is time for our Rain and Horn listed segment and we have a beautiful townhouse at 4-1 St John's Court at the Gardens. Three bedroom, two bathroom. A gorgeously renovated residence which has all the requirements for sophisticated family living in a great suburban location. Within strolling distance of botanical gardens and a short walk or drive to the city and Mindle Beach, this property features an undercover entertainment deck which is perfect way to cool down the nights with family and friends. A double carport and side access for extra parking and full solar power for minimal electricity bills. Offers on over for over 650000 will be accepted. Open this Saturday from 9.45 to 10.15. Yeah, looks like a good one there, Clarky. Property 216 Tipperary uh, Court, Stewart Park. Three bedroom, two bathroom apartment. Attention all first home buyers and savvy investors. Don't miss out on this modern three bedroom apartment located in the sought after neighbourhood of Francis Bay. With spacious living areas and generous sized ba- uh, bedrooms, this home is perfect for the owner, occupier, or the smart investor looking for a low maintenance property in a prime location. Experience the best of both worlds with this apartment located just off Francis Bay Drive. You can enjoy a relaxed lifestyle with mar- marina side cafes at your doorstep. We'll take a short drive or cycle to the bustling Darwin City. You'll be spoiled for choice with easy access to Tiger Brennan Drive and the popular waterfront uh, precinct where we sit today for all your entertainment and shopping needs. Priced at 495000 come and see for yourself uh, this Saturday, 10am till 10.30am. This is Fridays in the Top End, thanks to the Darwin Waterfront, and we are now going to be joined by Thoroughbred Racing NT's Jamie Shadwick. So I'm going to pass it over to the guru, Robbie. Jamie, do we have you? Good morning, boys. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, very good, good Jamie. Um, we had the race card last week, and uh, you tipped us into a few winners. Yes. How did you see that card? I was on two of, two of the three. How'd, how was the card last week? Well, the card was good, mate. It, look, we had a good crowd on course. It's been a solid our Friday twilight meetings and such, and, and rolling into the um, Saturdays now, coming into our dry season, coming off the back of a very successful wet season series. Today we go racing again, so hopefully we can uh, repeat what we started last week, and uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, we putting the, are we putting the line through Beach Haven? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 will, we will be now, um, and, and many people do put lines through things I throw out anyway, so he's one of many. But there's a couple today, boys, we might be able to get some of that money back anyway. Yeah, Beach Haven did get out six lengths last, and that probably would have affected the run, eh? But, um, yeah, race one today starts in uh, 3 o'clock. Um, talk us through the card, today's card there, Jamie. Look, look, I think the favourite looks hard to beat in the first one. Just quickly going through the uh, five-race program, Bo Fly with Sonia Weisner and T- Tommy Logan to combine. Look, you'll be getting anywhere of 250, 240, anything north of that, you, you'll, you'll jump all over. But he was good in recent starts. He comes back and re- returns from a spell, but his last campaign was very solid. So race one, number one, to get us off the, off the canvas at least. Race, race two, look, an open race, a tough race at that, but I think the better of the day comes up with the Jared Todd, Jared Clark combination with Mr. Cashman. Again, you'll be getting sort of like shorts on that one. That should get up. And I think the only other one in the day, so that's race two, number three, and the other one you can roll into for a nice multi would be probably race three at a little bit of value here, I think, with uh, Sonia Wiseman having a good ride today. A horse that was big last start, I thought, close up third. He'll be about 380 at horse number eight, yeah, Hella. So in the third race on the card, race three, number eight, yeah, Hella, you might get a price on that one nearer to $4. So they're the top three out of today's five-race program. 
No worries. Thanks for that, Jamie. And also, we, um, I did see that the Great Northern Darwin Cup Carnival 2023 tickets are now on sale, aren't they? Yeah, look, we, we launched to our members on the 23rd of January. We've uh, given them a three-week window to, to get their uh, or secure their hospitality packages. We launched them to open market to the general public on Monday, and we've seen a high influx of interest, obviously, in securing those very tickets that have become available. Look, a lot of tickets for Foot Cup Day have already seen the sold-out signs go up, so I'd advise people who are listening to get in early. Um, there are still sort of available hospitality options, but they are being snapped up very fast and approved. One of the biggest social and sporting events in the Territory that kicks off in July, but August 7 v Darwin Cup Day. So we're seeing a very big interest, not only from our locals, but from the Eastern States cohort, from travel groups taking bulk bookings, which is making, uh, obviously, um, a very scarce proposition, some of our hospitality options, uh, options on Darwin Cup Day. Thanks very much, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, just a quick one, boys, if I can, if you can indulge me, of, of course. course. Uh, a, a family, a, a very per, a, a close member to our family in the SEN family, and also as a racing, uh, we lost uh, last night in Dean Lester. Uh, Dean yep. Lester has been a part of the SEN uh, fabric of the SEN framework, not primarily in Melbourne. He's had a long illness and it escalated over, over in recent weeks. He'll be sadly missed. Um, to our friends in the racing circles and also condolences to his family. Uh, we wish them uh, all the best in this tough time and uh, we lost a great man overnight to the FDN and racing family. So our condolences go out to all. Yeah, of course, condolences, condolences from our sure. end as well. Yep. Thanks, Jamie. Good on you, mate. Thanks, boys. Hey, Rob, we are going to fly through some of these NTFL Round 18 previews. The first yep. game is Nikeley versus Tiwi Bombers at Gardens Oval, where scoring is traditionally a little bit more prominent. Uh, this could get ugly for the Bombers. I don't know if the Tigers have named their strongest team. I don't know. I don't believe Sam Overall and John Butcher are playing, but they would have had a picnic. Uh, I think there are a couple of debutants for the Tigers. I could be wrong. I did see uh, young Finnis Trigwell named um, for what I believe would be his first game. Yeah. And you've got uh, Quinn and, of course, Politis, who's in great form running around. So My good boy. to see the young fellas out there for the Tigers. Brody Philo is back into the team and will be chasing up for those lost Nichols medal votes last week. Yeah, I think um, it's a good tester for Nycliffe going up against a side like Tiwi with pace as well, just because they're mm. going to be counting that next week. And a few little injury concerns. Cameron Islet's carrying a calf injury. Don't know what's yep. going on there. And Boyo Paris has a hammy. So the old men's club there um, starting to really... So it'll be interesting. Some of these kids might have to play next week, Clarkie. Yeah, well, I, I see no reason why they... Well, uh, definitely Politis um, mm. has locked his spot into the team. But I don't think uh, youth in the finals is a bad thing. No, I think good. that they... I hope they do get a run next week. Tips? Not, uh, yeah, Nycliffe by 100. Nycliffe, yeah. They're 100-ish. 100-ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I'll go Nycliffe by 115. Yep. Um, I think it'll be all one-way traffic. Darwin Buffaloes versus Southern Districts. Probably the match of the round. Yep, um, Buffaloes have had a big, big week on the track. Uh, there's, there's still belief around the club, and that's what I like about the Darwin Buffaloes is there's always that belief. Until it's over, it's never over. So uh, it has to translate, though, on the field. Like you said, Raf, you're not reading too much into a big win over a depleted Wanderers um, last week. But if they can get a win or at least be very, very competitive against Southern Districts, that, that will change things drastically. Yeah, definitely, mate. If they... If they knock off the districts that they go go into next week's finals you know soaring mm. high and um, even if they lost by a goal or two and took it right to the last mm -hmm. kick of the game um, yeah it, it's what they need I reckon for their belief um, um, to go mm. a couple of steps further into the final series so really looking forward to this one
Yeah, for me, um, this, this is one of the matchups where it's a bit of a bogey side. For, for Buffaloes, have always play well against Southern mm. Districts. Their best match of the year this year was against Southern Districts, and they have the opportunity to take two wins into finals. Southern Districts coming off a bye as well, um, so but I'm, I'm tipping Districts by 40 points. Yeah, Districts, uh, I'll go 25. Oh, am I allowed to tip against the Buffaloes? I think... I think it'll be a competitive game. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so, so. <laughs> Wanderers versus St. Mary's. Probably somewhat of a tune-up game uh, for the Saints, who will be on a high after last weekend's win. Which way, like, I'm going to assume, we see this going the Saints' way? Yeah, Saints by about 80, 80 to 100. For me, I'll go 80. And it's, you know, it'll come down to how many uh, mates Jackson Calder has at Wanderers, whether they help him get across the line for that goal kick in against Magro. But, yeah, um, yeah, St. Mary's by 60, I'll say. Yeah, I'll go St. Mary's by 70, right in the middle. Hey, yeah. is the most important uh, or interesting factor of this game the, the Jackson Calder watch? The Calder. Yeah, yep. Calder factor. Yeah, Dylan Lant probably going to have another big game. If um, Jared Stokes and Tom Bolch can get 30 each and a couple of goals, I can definitely see Dylan Lant doing likewise. Dylan Lant, yeah, yeah, get those 30 and kick three or four just to top off that, um, make sure he gets that Nichols medal. Yep. <laughs> and at Kazali's over, we have Palmerston taking on Waratah. We spoke about Jackson Call to watch. Well, this will be uh, Jaden Magro's game to watch. I feel after last week's disappointment, Waratah need to win big here to get some confidence mm. back leading into the finals. A 30 or 40 point win won't be suffice in my opinion. I think they need to come out and be ruthless and get a really dominant win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah I'm tipping Waratah's by 80 odd points. I don't think there's a matchup for Magro and they're going to need this confidence and get that ball movement back happening again that was restricted after quarter time last week. And especially just not letting Waratahs himself out, even Magro himself being held by the, yeah. the whiz. Um, he'd be wanting to kick a bag just for his own confidence, not mm. just to win the medal. Yeah, um, definitely. But to, yeah, to do his confidence going forward next week. Big opportunity for Palmerston to end the season on a positive note. They don't necessarily have to win this game, but it can't be a similar result to what we saw a fortnight ago against St Mary's. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and, and with that young group, um, they've got a couple of games under their belt now. So to see them be more competitive and, and to start putting games back-to-back -back and being competitive um, is, is a big positive for them. So they need to do that again this week. Tips and a margin? Tars by 115. I'll go Tars by 80. Yeah, I'll go Waratah by 65. Mm. Um, could be more. Who knows? Yep. Hey, uh, when we went off air last week, Stephen May, the Melbourne star, signed a two-year contract extension, which will now see him remain at the club until the end of the 2025 season. The Territorian has had an outstanding career at the top level, including a premiership and back-to-back All-Australian selections over the past two years. We all rate Stephen, and obviously he's rated very highly uh, having back-to-back All-Australians, but he's, he almost seems a, a tad underrated, Rob. Um, I think one of the better territory players we've seen in the AFL for a long, long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's key position type, which yeah, we don't see a lot. Yeah, key position type. And the standard, he's, he does seem, if you watch him live and watch him in the games, he does drive high standards for that Melbourne back line and is the general for him down there, Raf. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely a general down there. And um, one of those, another player that went down as a, drafted as a forward, you mm. know, uh, played those first couple of seasons at the Gold Coast there as a forward and, and then realised his true belonging was down at centre back or even full back. And yeah, to take the best forward every week, just about for the opposition side and, and and still have an impact offensively. Um, yeah, he, I'll take my hat off to Stephen. He's, he's a footy. He's unreal. Yeah, and I, I sort of think Melbourne had a lot of injuries last year. So at the moment, I'm probably tipping them for the flag. Yep. Mm, it's a big call. They're coming back. Yep. 
They're going to have to get past the Tigers, Robbie. Yeah, hey. the Tigers top four, probably. Um, do you reckon, while we're on Stephen May, do you think he's going to come and play some football up in the NTFL when he finally finishes up? I mean, I, yeah. I know talking to Stephen May uh, a couple of years ago, he said that he loves playing up forward. I, I get the feeling that he's going to fly in for the Crocs and, and kick a bag up forward every time he's in the red, white and black colours. Yeah. That's my prediction. He's going to be the big yeah. forward up and down for a little while. I agree with what you said the first part there, definitely as well. Um, I don't think he'll move back, but um, definitely fly. The districts would love to see that happen. <laughs> hey, plenty more to come here at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to the beautiful Darwin Waterfront. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Fridays in the Top End, recording here live at the beautiful Darwin Waterfront. Live well and become a member today. The NTFL Women's Premier League is also heating up. I'll go through the ladder really quick. So down the bottom you have Wanderers who have Donuts, zero points. Southern Districts on eight. Palmerston, 20. Tiwi Bombers, 28. So good to see the, the Bombers getting a few wins in that competition. Mm. And the finals, the serious stuff. We've got Nycliffe on 32. Darwin on 40, Waratah 40, and St. Mary's in second spot, moved up to second spot, and Pint uh, all alone up the top there in 60 points. So that's three and a half games ahead of the rest of the pack chasing them. Some interesting games last week, Rob. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I, I, Palmy, was uh, Palmy and Tia was a good game, good win for Tiwi. I changed my tip to Palmy, which is a pretty bad mm. decision. But finals should be the aim for um, Tiwi next year. St. Mary's Tars lived up to the hype, didn't it? Um, yeah. St. Mary's dominant with some good fly-ins. And Tars got some girls back who have been injured. So Tars are going to be better for the run as well. Um, and it was Tars a were in game. the game there. They yeah. led at the final change. Yeah, well, Aggie Sings hasn't played a whole lot of footy. Um, that uh, young girl, Annabelle, hasn't played a whole lot. Laura Plucker, Lauren Plucker, who's one of their better players, has played very limited games. Um, so they'll be better for the run next week against St. Mary's. Do you reckon they can bridge that gap? I think they can, um, depending on who St. Mary's bring in um, and who has, who St. Mary's had out. But And the Danielle Ponto factor is massive, really, isn't it? So if they can do, run a better tag on her, better match-up, then maybe they could reverse that result. And two pretty one-sided games, the last two last week. Pine yeah, Tigers Pine and Tigers. I was expecting Tigers to be a bit better. Mm. Um, that they significantly got blown out in that one. And... I think Pints show why they're the flag favourites, really, don't they? It'll be good to get Rick Nolan on in two weeks' time. Um, and also, we're going to do a ladies' team of the year as well, aren't we? Mm, so that we yep. can announce that next week. Um, and Wanderers Buffaloes. Um, Wanderers are actually competitive in this one. Um, yep. Lost by 70 or 80 points, which is pretty good, considering Wanderers do have a lot of young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffs really need their f- um, 65 points difference between them and Waratahs for that third spot. So they're probably not going to get there, but you never know what happens in football. But yeah. it's not going to happen. So, so going through some of the games this week, we have Teary Bombers taking on Nightcliff, Darwin Buffalo taking on Districts, Wanderers taking on St Mary's, Palmston taking on Waratah. Which game gets your attention here? Tigers Tiwi for mine. Um, yep. I yep. think Tiwi win this one. I'm tipping Tiwi. The other ones I think are going to be blowouts, but... Tiwi just lost that game against Waratahs, which I commented um, after Christmas they should have won, and then they'd be playing finals because there's only percentage s- separating them and Tiwi. Uh, Tigers, sorry. Hey, Raf, the St. Mary's spearhead Caitlin Armstrong is currently eight goals behind Pints' Steph Lawrence in the leading goal kicker race. She obviously needs nine to win it outright, eight to tie. Will she get there? She did kick a bag of 12 against Palmerston a fortnight ago. Yeah, I, I definitely think she will, mate, because uh, having Danielle play, you know, a kick in front of you, I think every time Danielle gets it, she'll be looking for her and she'll put it lace out to her. So, mm. But 
Caitlin in herself, she she does read the ball very well off the boot, and and it's one of those very good forwards who get there first every time when they see it come in. Um, and her finishing ability in front of goal, so yeah. she gets uh, seven or eight chances, even nine chances, which she needs. Um, I reckon she'll kick them all. So I'm I'm backing her in for at least eleven to twelve goals. Yeah, I think she'll get it by half time. If there's any, I hope that the Saints have some fun with this, and we don't like seeing teams get absolutely belted, but. Just feed her. Just kick her the ball all day and see what she can end up with. It's it's going to be a big result either way. Um, well, I don't know what the record is. I think Abby Holmes kicked 16 goals um, yeah. a few years ago. I reckon that could be in big, big trouble this week if, if Caitlin gets on the end of a few. But I, I hope it happens. I hope they just give her the ball all day and, and she can kick a, a huge bag. Yeah. Robbie? Yeah, no, I did, and I did speak to Danielle Ponner at... Um as well last week and I, th- I do think she is playing finals she didn't give me a straight answer if she does but I think she is playing finals so that's going to be a massive factor and if she plays at half forward like Raph said that's going to she's going to be yeah lacing her out um, with some good delivery so yeah I, I think she gets it this weekend and how many goals did she finish with yeah I think 10 minimum mm. probably well she only need nine so yeah. I'll, go, I'll give her 12 against her former club as well yeah. Wanderers so but it's, it's going to be a very interesting final series because I think the pace of St. Mary's is going to trouble um, Pints and Waratahs come finals. And I think um, also, like, St. Mary's have had a... You know, they've come from bottom, really, haven't they? They were, they mm. were eighth. Um, the turnaround yeah, since the start of the yeah, season has been Yeah, the turnaround's amazing. been massive. Yeah, and I first think, three yeah. win, oh, first three games, they were blown out of the water. Mm. Yeah, so th- that's why their percentage was so bad. Um, they got a couple of good wins at the end of the season, like in the last few rounds, it's got their percentage up. But mm. you compare their percentage to Waratahs and Pines, it's, yeah, it's a massive difference. Yeah, I know there was talk when the Buffett's girls went across, uh, Jemariah Kono and Takisa Doherty mm. Cole, that it was like the first couple of rounds, it was, oh, they'll be regretting their decision, where, yeah. where right now they're probably pretty happy despite Takisa with some pretty big injury concerns yeah seems like she's got a bit of a, yeah an injury at the moment and I, uh, yeah I'm not too sure I think they're waiting mm. on scans and stuff but fingers crossed that comes fingers up fingers crossed right. but it's not looking too good for her yep. but um yeah coming into finals this week as well guys um I think we should touch on some smokies coming mm. into the final system or do you want to talk about something else well no no I think that I won't put you on the spot and make you do a power rankings for the women's but can you give us a top three on who you think's most likely to win a flag I'm is, is, go, Pints, is Pints up the top, or do you think nah, that Saints... I'm going to go Saints. So I'm going to go Saints, Pints, Waratahs. Is mine. that the Danielle Ponta factor? Yeah, Danielle Ponta factor, but knowing Rick Nolan's going to have to have something up his sleeve to stop her because she's the best player in the comp by a little bit. Knowing um, Rick Nolan, he probably does. And Rick very Rick good Nolan operator. does do his homework. Mm. Um, yeah, that's I'd be running yeah, a double tag on yeah, with his, yeah, he, he does know how to coach, and he does do his homework, and he will be setting up for that. Yeah. They'll probably, get the, uh, they'll probably um, get the vision out. So I think Daniel running two opponents against Pines. I think yeah. Nike will go straight out and be uncompetitive, to be honest. But Buffett's as well. But just I don't Buffett's like when teams smoky. are coming from fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah they've got to run if that Buffett's gauntlet, finished, don't they? Yeah, I, I could predict, I could see Buffett's beating Waratahs. If Saints beat Waratahs next week, I could see them beating them. Um, Waratahs straight sets. But, yeah. It's, Basket over the Tigers? Yeah, I reckon they'll get over them by 70 or 80 points, to yeah. be honest. Um and, yeah, it was sort of a matter of who finished third out of Saints and Buffaloes that, you know, was going to challenge those top two. Um, but Buffaloes could. They're, they're the premiership, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the minor, pre- they're the premiers from last season. So Reigning premiers, the way you're premiers, looking for. Yeah, so mm. I'm going that. But in the men's, I'm really looking forward to the final series. But you'd spoke also, Clarkie, about St. Mary's, but you're seeing St. Mary's going straight through, aren't you? 
In the Premier in League? In the men's Premier League. Oh, yeah. I have them as Premiership favourites now. Yeah. I think um, last week's game changed a lot for me. I mm. think that Waratahs needed a win just to get that momentum going forward. Saints will go in with ev- with all the confidence in the world, I reckon. Like, if you asked everyone at the Saints footy club, they'd be expecting no less than a Premiership. They do every year, and it's it's just trending that way again, in my yeah. opinion. And I, even worrying signs for me was when I spoke to a few Saints players, and the Tars blokes were really chirpy to them at quarter mm. time, and a few of them said... See if you're this chirpy at the end of the game. And they come and lose by a point. I don't know what it does for the morale of the Waratah boys. Hey, Raf, a uh, very important weekend for the Jabiru Football Club. Yeah, definitely, mate. Like I mentioned at the start of the show, and, um, you know, a special shout-out to special uh, committee members over the years, like Nolan, uh, Jonathan Nagy, Greg Bonson, um, Nathan Perrin, Tony Vigona, the, the champ, uh, Bill Simpson, Willie McLennan, Uncle Willie. Uh, Lloydie Rowe, Dale Campbell, Darren Fairman, Jeff Clark, Cameron Linder, even the younger brother, Marius. Mikajar Onis um, and a few coaches over the last few years uh, Billy Feeney Matty Large and Alan Perrin um, Dottie Corey was a big um, help there as well with the volunteers Gloria McKenzie um, so all those special people are going to be there tomorrow night um, like I said I'll be there with my mum and my brothers um, to celebrate the, the 40 year anniversary for the Jabiru Bombers so really looking forward to that one uh, mm. where we spoke earlier about one of the greatest players I've ever seen as a, as a junior and even when he played senior footy was Dwayne mm. Whitehurst and yep. you know he's up there watching down um, the Hill player you mentioned tomorrow night Yep, the late Dwayne Whitehurst. I can remember doing the scoreboard as a nine or ten year old kid up there watching him taking hangers. On, it was he'd be up there, he was ten one of feet the up in the air, yeah, kicking mm. bags of goals. This is all we have for SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to the Darwin Waterfront. Enjoy your week, guys. Robbie, Raf. Have a good no weekend. Worries. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It's Clarky.